Hello and welcome to the Mammal Daily Diary on Wednesday the 29th of July 2020. Um, gosh, what a couple of weeks it's been or 10 days or something since I last um, uh, posted uh, or podcasted uh, rather. Um, yeah, so, uh, well, two major things have sort of happened. Uh, the first major, major thing is um, the Garmin outage that occurred. So, um Basically, what seems to have transpired is that a uh, is a Garmin were basically attacked by a ransomware organisation that managed to infiltrate uh, the Garmin network and effectively um, uh, apply some sort of uh, code to all of their uh, pretty much all of their systems, um, and then would not unlock it uh, unless Garmin paid. I think the reported ten million dollars. Uh, in ransom to this uh, particular organisation that had carried out the attack. Um, I think, I mean, Garmin were caught between a rock and a hard place, really. Um, On the one hand, you obviously don't want to be paying um, ransoms to criminal organisations. And um, obviously that would have, if they had done that, that probably would have been the quickest way to get things back up and running. But the reality is that that's also, I think, against US law or US sanctions or whatever it is. Um, so had they been doing that, they would have been in breach of um, some sort of government, uh, US government regulations for, uh, by actually paying the ransom. So um, basically, they had to um, uh, restore all of their systems from backups, um, I guess backups, Um which uh, took them probably about well, in fact, it's still ongoing a bit. But they've uh, they've restored pretty much everything, um, as far as I can tell. Um, uh, it took about six days, I think, in total, five maybe six days. And in that time, literally, no one was able to um, update their Garmin Connect records or anything like that. Um, now, obviously, in the general scheme of things, there are far more important things in life to worry about. So, for example, uh, Garmin also provides a lot of um, uh, services to the aviation industry, and some of those services are actually um, legal requirements if you want to fly, for example. So there are probably a, a few more uh, pressing reasons to get their services back up and running um, other than just worrying about poor little Johnny's heart rate and what it was doing when he was doing a 3K run. But um, obviously, people do get fairly excitable about these things. But um, I have to say, I think on the whole, um, the, the public sentiment towards it was fairly reasonable in terms of um, uh, support for Garmin, um, feeling for them. I can't imagine what it would have been like to be working at Garmin through that. Um, must have been pretty torrid for them and very worrying for them. Um, uh, you know, I'm a big Garmin fan and, you know, you wouldn't wish it any, I mean, even if I wasn't, you wouldn't wish that on any organisation um, to be attacked like that. So um, kudos to them for getting things, as far as I can tell, pretty pretty much back up and running. Um, I mean, it took a few days, but so what? Um, when everything did come back up, it seemed like all of the data was still there and everything else. So they've done a pretty amazing job. Um but it does sort of raise the question. I mean, I don't think um, any company is is really completely um, immune from this kind of attack. And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not massively technical in this regard, but I suppose you know it only takes one person to uh, to bring that kind of ransomware into uh, the 
um, organization through a web browser or something like that, I guess. And then uh, I suppose it goes and does its thing, which uh, is, is quite scary, really. So, um, yeah, um, I wonder if there will be any other high profile attacks that uh, come to light in the coming weeks and months. But uh, good to see Garmin back up again. Uh, there's still the old maintenance message and stuff, but to all intents and purposes, I believe it is back up and running and they are just running through what must be a huge backlog. Um, there was an interesting side sort of angle on this as well in that um, it was fairly clear to see from um, Strava's data in terms of how many uploads are happening into Strava, the impact that the Garmin um, uh, takeout had uh, had, uh, had on Strava itself. And I think someone had sort of estimated that roughly about 50% of their uh, the uploads that happen to Strava are done via a Garmin um, device. So that was kind of interesting. Um, I think also, um, I mean, there were obviously various workarounds that you could take the files manually off your devices and then upload them to Strava. So I'm not even sure that's a particularly clear picture. But what is pretty evident is that um, Garmin accounts for a huge um, part of the Strava um, data that they're collecting. And... Um, yeah, I mean, if this had been a longer term thing, who knows what that what could have happened? Uh, whether, well, it doesn't really bear thinking about. But um, anyway, so yeah, Garmin's it is back up and running, and uh, that was uh, it's been a, a pretty horrible incident for them. But glad to see them back up. Um, and then the second thing that happened was um, the release of the new tarmac, uh, specialized tarmac SL seven. Um, kind of interesting. Um, the initial launch was kind of leaked in inverted commas um, about four or five days ago, um, where specialized um, released images um, of the new bike, but within their ride application only. So the specialized ride app. Um, and um, it was a sort of augmented reality kind of implementation. So you you would you could sort of picture what the Tarmac SL7 would look like in your living room, for example. Um, yeah, bit of a sort of modern take on uh, trying to do something different with the launch. But um, the the bike itself launched fully, uh, in, um, yeah, on all channels, I suppose, um, yesterday, uh, and it's being pretty well covered by the, most of the bike industry, as you'd expect. Um, what's pretty clear is that the Tarmac and the Venge as uh, models have been basically collided together. And the new Tarmac is very much um, what I would class as a Venge-inspired uh, race bike, um, which is kind of interesting that uh, Specialized have taken that approach. Um, I think, sure, there's a number of people who... Um, you know, are, are out to race their bikes and stuff. But for me, people who are purely after speed um, would generally a, a veer towards the Venge range. Whereas um, the Tarmac, whilst it's a sort of fast bike, um, is also balanced by or has traditionally been balanced by a sort of comfort factor as well, um, where, you you know, you could ride... 100 150 miles and you know it, it would it would do its job and you wouldn't feel like you'd been beaten the crap out of uh by the end of it um what seems to have happened with the new sl7 is that they've taken a huge sort of um slice out of the venge in terms of an aero handlebar the geometry and the basic setup of the bike and and really made it 
kind of more about the speed more than anything else. And uh, I do wonder whether um, Specialised have kind of factored into the equation about the people who have been buying tarmacs for um, not necessarily just the speed um, uh, uh, benefits, but, you know, looking for a bike for all day sort of riding and um, performance. And it just feels to me that new SL7 doesn't really do that. It's it's kind of lent too much towards the speed. Um, It'll be interesting to see what the... um, the reviews make of it anyway um one other interesting piece i picked up today was that the new sl7 doesn't actually or the rovel wheels that come with it they're a sort of new iteration of the rovel clx 50s um which i call i think they're called the rapids 50s um are actually not tubeless ready either uh and you will so therefore you can't run them with tubeless tires um, which seems to be a sort of real buck of the trend because um, I swear every time I've been into a bike shop in the last sort of 18 months, they've been trying to push me towards tubeless. I personally haven't gone tubeless because I just can't be dealing with the faff of when things go really badly wrong on the road and much prefer to be able to just whip out a tyre, um, a, a spare inner tube, which I'm going to have to do anyway if I went to tubeless and just bung that in the tyre uh, instead. So... Um, yeah, I don't know whether that's a sign that the wheels may be coming off tubeless as a uh, as an approach or whether Specialised are waiting for an industry standard or whatever it is, because there do seem to be some differing standards on uh, tubeless as well. But um, yeah, all in all, it should be interesting to see. I mean, the other, the final piece about the SL7 is just the eye-watering cost of some of the models. Um, you're well into uh, five-figure territory with the S-Works now. Um, and... Um, yeah, it's just um it's a lot of money. I think the um the pro level is still the sweet spot, but that you know, that's got a sort of I think it's about five hundred pound premium on last year's model. Um I think personally I'm just I'm pretty pleased I've got the twenty twenty model. It's where I um it's what I want out of a bike. I think if I was in the market now for a uh a bike and the tarmac was, you know, something that I'd been looking at, I, I would be discounting it now. Um, because of the SL7 um, new design and uh, the the sort of way it's been focused towards that speed. And I'd probably be looking elsewhere, but um still very happy with my uh, 2020 model. But we'll see what happens. I mean, um, maybe there'll be a new, oh, I don't know, maybe there'll be a new Roubaix without Future Shock or something that's going to take up the slack of the tarmac uh, at that uh, for the people who don't want who aren't about all out speed i don't know i don't know which way it's going to go but we shall see um anyway that's about it uh for this little update um other than that i've been doing uh, a little bit of riding both outside uh, had some lovely sort of uh, rides out and down to the coast and stuff which has been great fun and um, a little bit of indoor um on the nordic track i've cu- i've just completed stage 10 of a god knows how many stage ride around the US um obviously I'm not doing it every day and I haven't set myself a time scale for when I'm going to get it completed but the reality is that um it's I think it's 10,000 kilometers or 10,000 miles in total so it'll probably take me a few years anyway but uh it'll be kind of fun to have uh to to eventually come away from that and uh, having done it but uh, as I said I don't expect to, or I'm not anticipating to have it finished for at least a couple of years anyway but uh, I'll just knock the stages out as and when the weather doesn't uh, feel particularly conducive to going outside. Um, final thing to say is that um, I've um, 
rather excitedly put a deposit down on a new titanium bike. Um, a, I, I'm not going to give too much away at the moment, but uh, it's um, being built by a, uh, a frame maker in Brighton. That's the only clue I'm going to give you. Uh, but the lead time is something like 75 days from when I put a deposit down. So I've got a little bit of a wait for that. Um, but that bike's going to be my kind of new all-round rider. Um, so And then I'll save the tarmac for the summer months. But um, yeah, more about that in another podcast. Uh, thanks a lot for listening. Uh, if you've got any questions about either the Garmin outage or the Tarmac SL7 launch or um, my views on anything else uh, of either of those two subject matters or anything else, then uh, please, by all means, do feel free to drop me an, um, a line. You can do that by um, going to the link in the episode description of this podcast and leaving me a message. And then I can you uh, I can take that your message and incorporate it into a future podcast and hopefully answer your question. Um, other than that, if you're getting out and about during these wonderful summer months here in the uh, Western Hemisphere, then please do stay safe. And until the next time, thanks for listening.